Thought Bubble Audio. about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate and it's still hate watch holidays it's hate watch holidays and i hated these ones (laughs) welcome i'm just gonna come right out (laughs) and say it i don't know how that makes you feel on the receiving end of this content you out there the listener but buckle up this is interesting because when we spoke earlier today, you were not quite in this place. So. Okay, so maybe I don't hate both of them. Maybe I only said that because I was reading about Holiday and I hate mm. that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we get into this. Yeah. Do you have a Q corner or do you not have a quarantine corner? I don't think I do. A quark core? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Core. No, it's definitely like parkour. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. What a mess. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in the heat. Did you have one? I didn't no, listen I to that part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't, but um, this isn't strictly speaking a quarantine corner update, but in my preparation for this episode in the last minute, I did Google some things about Holiday and learned that Emma Roberts was in a film called Adult World, which is about a woman who takes a job at a sex shop. I'm actually... This is... A pitch I was going to make later, but I think that she's like a <laughs> a beacon for bad movies. Yes, I think that's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, speaking of movies that aren't bad, though, my quarantine corner update, <laughs> my core core is <laughs> core core. <laughs> um. Is that I was just painting my fireplace, and so maybe I've inhaled a lot of paint today. (laughs) And I put on Eurovision at the same time, and I've decided this is decidedly a Christmas movie. Yes. It is. It has elves. Yes. It has snow. Yes. It has some twinkly lights. Yes. It has the spirit of Christmas. Yes. It's a Christmas movie. If Harry Potter's a Christmas movie... Eurovision is certainly a Christmas movie. If, like, half of Hallmark is a Christmas movie, then this is for sure a Christmas movie. It's, like, about people trying to generally be good. Yeah. And have generous spirits. Yes. With the side of, like, camp. (laughs) And it's sparkly. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. That's my pitch here. But also, on a... Kind of related note. I was watching, well, I was reading the interview with Hugh Grant that came out this week mm-hmm. about his life as like a sixty-five-year-old man with many small children. This week, maybe last week. I don't know. Okay, time doesn't matter. It felt like it was a long, a long time ago. It was like within the past two weeks. Okay. Um, but anyway, like there's been many iterations of this article about Hugh Grant over and over again. Yeah, and like. My question is, who's doing the expose about Pierce death? Oh. <laughs> like. <laughs> is it just because Pierce dad wasn't, like, the rom-com lead for, like, a decade? But was he not James Bond? Yeah, but I feel like 
there's slightly less mystique in that because it's just like, oh, you're like a hot man who has a cool accent. But like you go from action star in a decades long franchise to Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2 in Eurovision. Like there's a story there. I need to know. I think that that's our story to tell now i've decided <laughs> oh no how hard do you think it'd be for us to get in touch with pierce dad is he on cameo yet he's got to be on cameo at some no. point here right <laughs> i don't know what the going rate right on cameo is for letting non-journalists interview you about how you came to be on the set of mamma mia <laughs> but I did like the news that broke, like, last week about how confirming that Mamma Mia was a drunken mess. Yes. That is and there's, excellent. Those articles pop up every so yeah. often where it's like, tell all with an extra from the Mamma mm-hmm. Mia set. And every single time it's literally just like, yeah, they did shots every morning and <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> it just explains... So much. So much. But in all the ways you want it to. Like, I think Dolly Parton's Christmas in the Square could have used more morning shots. Okay. (laughs) Please hold. (laughs) I just went on Pierce Brosnan's IMDb. Oh, boy. (laughs) And two films, possibly, in post-production are Riverdance and Cinderella. Oh my god, he's living his best life! (laughs) And I have... I mean, there's gotta be a point in your career where you get to just do passion projects, right? Yeah, but like, is why is this his passion? I just wanna know. There's a story. Oh my god, he had a guest role on Thomas and Friends. Of course he did. Why not? He was a guest narrator. So was Prince Harry, so... My dad for you. (laughs) <laughs> i just oh he was in a christmas movie yeah he was in a movie called a christmas star wow it was pierce brosnan and liam nielsen wow which is a lot of energy that is a lot of energy i'm not mad about it he's in the cast of cinderella but not listed as a certain person which is wild to that's me. interesting See, just there as like. I'm scared of this, actually. The more I read about it, the more I'm scared. There are human cast as mouses, including James Corden. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is King Rowan. Oh, that didn't show up on. (laughs) I'm on Wikipedia. It just said rest of cast listed alphabetically, and then it said Pierce Brosnan. That's it. Oh, wow, there are people cast as mice. You'd think James Corden would have learned from being in Cats. I think he did, and I think this is just who he is. That's just why he wants to be a mess. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Riverdance is going to be an animated adventure. Wow. About the appreciation of Riverdance. Why have I not heard about wow. the Cinderella film? The cast is stacked. In an interesting way. Yeah. Like, it might be super campy. I would hope so. I would hope so. I would hope so. (laughs) This is not what we came here to talk about. No, not at all. This is a journey I'm glad we took. Wow. Nothing derails me faster than a treat dad. Whoops, wrong dad. That appears (laughs) dad. (laughs) No kidding. Shit, I had something else to say, and now I forgot. Oh no. It was related to the oh well, whatever. I'm not worried about it. Okay. So what did we come here to talk about fourteen minutes in? Christmas! Christmas I don't know why I'm excited about this. You love Christmas. No, I only love Eurovision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was going to share. My one last core corner. Core core. Core core. Core core. <laughs> There's something there. I hate it so much. Um, I hate it a lot. 
it was just the anecdote of how we've decided to set up alerts in our Slack. Oh my god. It's <laughs> and we so learned lit. that a Mitsubishi Outlander is a thing. The Mitsubishi Outlander kills, like, everybody. Yeah. People are constantly dying in accidents <laughs> tangentially related to Mitsubishi Outlanders. <laughs> Do you know one was pulled into my driveway the other day and I was like, that's a Mitsubishi <laughs> Wait, I don't know if I know what it looks like. It's like a SUV, like a small SUV. There were several incidents recently, like they run over pedestrians a lot, yeah. but there were several incidents recently that involved people with guns. Hmm. That was pretty wild. Maybe it was it was the same incident being reported on by different clickbait. But Could be. There's so much trash clickbait out there, guys. I had no idea that there was, like, such an internet economy around Priyanka Chopra. Because she's a tangential Jonas Brother person. I mean, I see her name around. I just didn't know that people wanted, like, 75 different articles about a single Instagram post of they her do. wearing a coat. They do. There's, like, a corner of the internet that does. I mean, good for her cashing in. You know what is encouraging, though? Is that there's more and more clickbait about Sam Hewen becoming James Bond. And <laughs> Following I, in the footsteps of Pierce. <laughs> First, if, it's James Bond, then it's Mamma Mia. Oh my god, what if we get like Mamma Mia 16 and Sam Hewen is a dad? <laughs> Honestly, I hope we get Mamma Mia 16. I wonder, we've, we've never heard... Sam Hewen try to sing. I don't think I want that. It's like, it's canon in Outlander that Jamie can't sing. So anything he Sam Hewen has done in that character does not count towards his singing potential. <laughs> I would what like if, to think he doesn't have one. What if he's a scream singer? <laughs> SOS. I just want all of my dads to sing SOS all the time. <laughs> Sam Hewen's not one of my dads, but... To be clear... <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> Mr. Hot and Tall in Perpetuity cannot also be my dad. No, that gets no. too weird. Do we know how tall Pierce's dad is? I feel like we looked this up once. Yeah. <laughs> do it again. Do it live. I'm doing it. Six one. He's over the line. Yeah. Good job, Dad. <laughs> okay. Okay. But we're really gonna talk about Christmas. Now. The reason we're spending so much time in core car. Core, 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 <laughs> is because where we're going is worse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. do you want to talk about which one do you want to talk about first? Holiday? Let's start with Holiday. I want to, before we get into Holiday, just thank our fan again who told us to watch Holiday. Yeah. She said it would be our shit in a way that I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank you for that. The Oh, the other thing we watched, which we haven't said yet, was Happiest Season. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing these two together. And the thing that I think is interesting about them is they are connected in bizarre ways that make no sense. So, like, apparently the theme of Christmas 2020 <laughs> is the patriarchy. <laughs> and also... <laughs> inexplicably conservative parents who are accept are obsessed with heteronormative values of femininity specifically yeah. like very yeah. specific to that mm -hmm. uh both films feature scenes of moms making jokes about their daughters not wearing enough makeup yeah both films feature scenes of moms trying to arrange dates and sex times for daughters <laughs> like <laughs> what did i miss <laughs> <laughs> that this is the vibe and these films were written before covid times right i mean if you really want to bring this all back to what we've learned this year is that this was also a theme of pride and prejudice kirstie oh no <laughs> is that what these films are trying to be no okay i never no. know when it's going to be an adaptation anymore <laughs> oh god I feel like they're all just, like, waiting to pounce on me now. Oh, no. Like, anything can be an adaptation, according to Hallmark, if you try hard enough. <laughs> if you have one single sibling 
in a yeah. family. Now it's a Jane Austen adaptation. <laughs> yep. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? The other thing I really can't explain about this holiday season is um, why are all the characters named Sloan? <laughs> why is right now the moment we brought back Sloan? Well, the interesting thing about Sloan is that Margaret Lyons did her research on these names. <laughs> and that it is not, like, historically accurate to have someone at these ages in this time be named Sloan. <laughs> no, Sloan had, like, a minute in, like, the 80s, right? Mm, no, I think it was later than that. Or earlier, one or the other, but because she was looking at the 80s. She was assuming they were like 30, 25, mm. 30, 35 in that range. Um, either way, two characters... She looked up 1982. Two characters named Sloane in the same Christmas season is statistically inaccurate. And yep. also, why? Why, why, why? It's the weirdest coincidence. Oh, it's not like a chasing liberty and first daughter coincidence. It's not like someone's ripping off the script. <laughs> that makes it even weirder, though. I think they're just trying to use, like, trendy names. Question mark? Is Sloan trendy? Probably more than it. I just, I, the thing that I imagine is, like, whoever wrote these scripts, and I could probably look this up and debunk my own theory, but the story I've written in my head is that the two screenwriters were at a party together at some point, <laughs> and were talking about the name Sloan, or somebody they knew named Sloan, mm. and so when they went to write the script, they had it on the brain. Could be. I like this narrative. Margaret spent more time on Harper, so she said there were 16 girls named Sloan in 1982, Harper was even rarer, just eight girls were using the name Harper, or used the name Harper in 1987. And she said, for comparison, there's 10,440 girl Harpers born in 2019. Why was she, why did she go with those times in the 80s, if these chicks were she around our age? She went with their age? actresses' ages. Oh, uh, okay. So, but she said it's, like, true for a few years either way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Always doing the work. Always doing the work. So that was just... That was my weird thing up front. I just, why are these, of all of the red threads. Interesting, yeah. Why these? It's like in, like, science over the course of the centuries when, like, three scientists on different continents all discovered the same thing within, like, a year of each other. And it was, like, before <laughs> we slow. had, like, yeah, well, before we had, like, paper mm -hmm. and whatever. Because it was, like, the Middle Ages, and it's just, like, the human brain just develops ideas at the same time, culturally, mm -hmm. for no good reason. It's like that, except Christmas movies about conservative parents with children named Sloan. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to talk about what this movie's about? You've seen it much sooner than I have. Yeah, and I think I also for once internalized more than you since you didn't even know what I was talking about when I mentioned the Sloan thing. I don't remember names of people I meet. I'm not going to remember <laughs> someone's name in a movie. <laughs> Certainly uh, you can't hold that against me. It was just particularly funny, <sighs> is all. Okay. So this movie is about a chick who is permanently single and it's stressing her family out because they just want all of their daughters to be dating people and they have a son too right i think it's just think... two two or no, three because, daughters well because there's the innocent chick who marries in so i think that's a brother oh you're right you're right yeah um so she there's this opening scene where she goes to a christmas party and she doesn't have a date and her aunt is, like, running around with a boy toy, and she's like, you have to get yourself a holiday so that mom will stop bugging you about bringing a date. And then in an alternate storyline, there is a man who innocently goes to his casual girlfriend's Christmas, and her family turns out to be insane, and he flees the house, and somehow he and Sloan meet and concoct a plan to be each other's holiday for the year. 
So if they every they don't talk between holidays, but before every holiday they text each other, and if they don't have anything else going on, then they're dates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the and, first alarming thing to me was that this movie was a year-round movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh boy. It's bookended by the festive holidays, but we did yeah. have to sit through St. Patrick's Day. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Why did we have to attend Cinco de Mayo? Why do we have to attend Mother's Day? Ew, yeah. Why did, <laughs> why did she bring a... I wanted to talk about this. Who brings a date on Mother's Day? <laughs> Emma Roberts does. Mother's Day is not a date holiday. It's your the mom holiday. I saw her, she was making pizza in an indoor pizza oven in her boyfriend's apartment, okay? Her judgment has not gotten better no. since that. Um, yeah, why are we bringing dates on Mother's Day? I don't think we celebrated Father's Day, which is just we further proof of the patriarchy. <laughs> Mother's Day is a patriarchal holiday, but that's a thesis for another day. <laughs> um, yeah. We had to do all the holidays, and then they, like, do some will-they-won't-they at Thanksgiving. Yeah, they put a wedding in September because there's no holidays oh, between Labor Day. of July. They did Labor Day. No, it was a wedding. It was, like, a Labor Day wedding. It was a Labor Day wedding, but you were about to say mm-hmm. there's no holidays between 4th of July and whatever. Well, no, but I, that's why they had to put the wedding on Labor Day, because they I weren't going to, like, hang out on Labor Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gone to a barbecue. I just, like, am I supposed to believe this conceit is a thing that people actually would do? That was my question, because Kristen Chenoweth keeps, that's the aunt who has all the boy toys. She keeps throwing around the term holiday as if that's, like, an established thing. (laughs) And the part of the thing I didn't understand about her character in particular is that she brings, like, a different man to every holiday and so the mom is always like it's her holiday and it's like mom's not gonna get off your case if you're not dating a steady guy right since that's the whole point also mom find yourself a boyfriend seriously mom needed a hobby Uh but that could be said of all the moms (laughs) <laughs> this in this Christmas season. That's fair. There was some weird mom energy in these two movies. Yeah. So neither of the people in this movie are very likable. And they don't seem to like truly enjoy each other's company much. Except that they like have flirty banter, and I think you're supposed to assume that if they can, like, flirt and take each other's jokes, then that equals, like, sexual chemistry somehow. Hmm. And then, like, I always say to put the sex in Christmas, but this movie somehow wasn't what I meant. See, I keep having to tell you, this is why (laughs) we can't fuck at Christmas. (laughs) In fairness, this was a lot of other holidays besides Christmas. I'm just You missed me giving her the head tilt. (laughs) I didn't mind that there was sex in the other movie. Which other movie? Happiest Season, the one we're going to talk about. Oh yeah, I guess they did bone down a little. That wasn't offensive the way this was offensive. No, but that also wasn't like fucking because it's Christmas. I'm not saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. I'm just saying, if the tagline is let Hallmark fuck, then it's going to be Christmas fucking. I just think it would be brave new ground for Hallmark. Uh, Give it another 15 years. Yeah, right. We just barely got to the gays. <laughs> we just barely got Hanukkah last year. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's cool it a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, they spend way too much time in malls. Oh, my God. So much in time in movie? malls. Why are they in the mall all the time? I don't know, but it made me not feel bad that I haven't been to a mall in a while. It was a good reminder that even if it weren't for COVID, malls are terrible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there had to have been more to this. Oh, I love that the screenwriter clearly attended at one of our years of Lake Living. <laughs> I did appreciate that. That was a little on I the nose. I actually had a thought of, like, if this was a 4th of July holiday movie, like, it could have had more legs. Okay, so do we think, after having watched the Meghan Markle off-season Hallmark 4th of July holiday movie, that there is room in the holiday-themed movie market for the 4th of July. I think there is, but, like, under the framework of, like, Wet Hot American Summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, everyone stuck together in one place for a weekend of debauchery-type movie. Which this, like, was getting at in its own special way. Yes. (laughs) <clears throat> they did indeed get at that part. Okay, but no one lost a hand at our lake living. No, but we did almost blow off someone's front porch. Okay. Back porch. It was one time. <laughs> I've only had to duck on the I ground twice. I think it was the same year that you basically got tetanus, so. No, I did not. <laughs> I just ran into a horseshoe that had been you there for a while. You stepped on like a three inch nail. No, it was a horseshoe. Whatever. You impaled your foot on some rusty ass shit. I walked into it. In a pile of branches. I didn't know there was a horseshoe pole in the ground. (laughs) Um, But it was fine. I didn't have tetanus. I preventatively got a tetanus booster. Thank you. (laughs) Well, the good news is you didn't then need it when my child was born. Exactly. (laughs) You were ready. (laughs) That was a tangent about my medical history. In case anyone was wondering, Kelsey is up to date on her tetanus shots. (laughs) Although that booster is probably expiring soon. Anyway. (laughs) Time is passing, Kelsey. (laughs) Instead of setting you up with dates, I'll just be setting you up with vaccinations. (laughs) I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Totally normal. Um, Did, like... Did we learn anything about watching people live through stupid holidays? Or, like, is there anything there to the fact that this is a year-round film instead of a Christmas film? I didn't love that. Yeah. And I... It was nice. It was, like, a little refreshing to not be, like, forced to watch Christmas for, like, a full hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And have some different things, but... It felt like walking into, like, a party store and just going from aisle to aisle and being, like, seeing all <laughs> yes, the different... It did feel like that. Yeah. And I felt like the point of it was to, like, build some relational tension so that when they do get together in the end, you're like, they've been together already, see how they love each other. And it was no more convincing than if they'd, like, spent three days together, like in most holiday movies. Right. And I think, like, they didn't do a... There's a way they could have maybe done this movie so that you saw saw more, like, in-between times and saw them, like, talking to each other outside of the holiday times and, like, building some sort of relationship that way. I still don't think it would have been compelling, but it could have at least, like, I don't know, made it more believable. The entire, like, conflict is so bogus Mm -hmm. in the whole thing, like... That I don't even totally know if I remember all of it, but like he does he like get jealous or like I don't know, he gets mad somehow. She they, it's because they sleep together and then she lies about sleeping with him right. to the sister into his face, basically. I guess it's basically like he likes her, but she's like not vulnerable enough, <laughs> so she's using yeah. holiday to like keep him away mm-hmm. it's pretty thin and it's fine well they're also like pretty thin as characters like there's nothing there's no <laughs> substance like all you know about her is that she works from home and doesn't dress up enough yeah for work according to her mother and then yes. you know he's supposedly a professional golfer i guess which is not believable no 
Especially because, like, why are you free on all these holidays? Did golfers not have, like, holiday tournaments? I feel like Labor Day he should have been, like, busy. Right? Maybe he's a bad golfer. (laughs) Why did she bring a a date to Mother's Day? (laughs) And then why was her mother, like, concerned about them fucking on Mother's Day? I don't know. Like, there was just, like, a lot happening. Mm Mm-hmm. That I... Anyway... My biggest gripe about this movie, though, is that in the beginning, there's this whole sequence where, like, the reason she goes to the mall where she meets the guy is because she's trying to return ugly flannel pajamas that her (laughs) sister got her, like, two years ago. Uh And as she's, like, showing them the flannel, I literally was wearing the same flannel shirt in my home. (laughs) It's an L.L. Bean pattern, and it's not that bad. So rude. (laughs) I was offended. You should be offended. Do you think I should, like, submit a grievance to Netflix? I think you should. So the one of the funny things, you saw me making this face that I wanted to point out is there was an interview with Emma Roberts that's headlined Why Emma Roberts Chose Netflix's Netflix's Holiday Mm. Instead of a More Serious (laughs) Movie. And it blah, blah, blahs. About things for a while. And then it says, Emma Roberts chose that opportunity because it gave her the chance to embrace the type of movie she loves. And then blah, 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 some more. And then there's a quote from Emma Roberts that says, The script came along and I remember thinking, this is what I want to do. I want to make a movie like this. It's nostalgic. It's romantic. It's fun. I love serious work, but sometimes you just want to laugh and watch a movie ten times in a row and that's okay. Wow, 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 wow. That is okay. But that is not this movie. It's <laughs> not this movie. <laughs> what is nostalgic about this movie what? exactly? Like, having your mother make degrading comments about your appearance at every family gathering? I have so <laughs> many questions. Having to deal with family drama at every family gathering? Mm-hmm. Booty calls on every holiday. That's nostalgic. (laughs) For someone, I'm sure. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. Remember that time I had to casually fuck a guy on Mother's Day? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? What What a good time. Wow. If you are looking for... A movie that just makes you want to watch or laugh that you can watch ten times in a row during the holidays. Might I suggest Eurovision Song Contest, the story of the story Fire Saga. Of Fire Saga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the only submission that we'll accept for yes. that category. Yeah. Alright. Next one? Yeah. Okay. So the other one we watched was Happiest Season. Which is, like, Hulu's, one of Hulu's first Christmas movies, I think, ever, probably. Can we talk about the failure of the Hulu platform? This is one of my favorite topics. (laughs) It's like the new Netflix, what have you done? It's like, Hulu, what are you doing? Yeah, Hulu makes, and I don't know if it's like, it must not just be me, because you're on a different device, Mm -hmm. but they make zero effort in promoting any topical content so like they have the whole slider at the top for like new things and they just show you like things you've been watching and Mm -hmm. like the same three other shows and then they'll show you like things you recently watched things you're still watching fine you scroll down and it's still the same list of shows that you've seen for the past five years and then if you scroll down further it's like do you want to watch this one movie that we've been showing you since 2017? <laughs> no? Okay, no, well, I guess one? we have nothing for you. <laughs> like, the discoverability on this platform is zero. I can't remember what I was doing the other day, but I searched... This is true on Netflix, but to a lesser degree, because Netflix goes fucking hard in their main menu, at least, yeah, yeah. on their offerings. But I searched the word Christmas on Hulu and got, like... 
you know, your like third page results where it's like, I don't yeah. actually know why this is relevant. That was the kind of shit I was getting. And it's like, Hulu, I know you have yep. other people's Christmas content on here. Like this seems like mm-hmm. an easy search term. And I've noticed in the last like two days or so um, on the Hulu front page, there's now like a holidays screen. Mm. And I haven't clicked on it, but I'm assuming if you do, you get content. But my experience with Hulu menus in general is that you may get that content list, but it's not going to show Hulu originals off the bat. Yeah, they're like not prioritizing or weighting their content at all, which is wild. It's wild. And I I don't understand like who's making that decision. Because like we talked about last time, streaming has been around for a while. So there are best practices in this market. Yeah. I just don't Okay, now if you tap on holidays, you get happy season right away. But that was not true a week ago when I tried to watch this the first time. I don't even have a holidays, like, menu option on my smart TV version of Hulu. Mine pops up. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's relatively new. That was not there Mm. when I tried looking up happy season, like, a week ago. I feel like I fucked up your Hulu. So <laughs> the good news is I never use Hulu, so I would not I notice. I use it all the time, and you never do. <laughs> <laughs> it evens out somewhere. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was fucking difficult to find. I just assumed it was on Netflix until I had to actually go looking for it. Oh, yeah, no. Because even on Twitter, it wasn't like talked about as being a hulu thing much Mm. this was also interesting to me because it's been a while since i've seen such incredibly vast ranges of discourse on twitter about a content yeah twitter cannot agree about this one i'm happy that i watched it like the night before all that unfolded so i had a stake in the conversation yeah but it was interesting. And I think, like, this movie's noteworthy because it's, like, a stacked, stacked, stacked cast. Hella stacked. And, like, had a budget. It was not... It felt like a legitimate film. I think it w- would have been a like, actual film release, like, movie release, yeah. theater release, whatever the fuck I'm saying. Theatrical release. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, a movie release. <laughs> You know how sometimes you go to buildings and there's big movies in there? That's what this reminded me of. What are those <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm still happy that all theatrical releases are at home now because that's all I've ever wanted. But yeah. Like... It's funny. I have a nostalgic sense of mourning along with everybody else for the potential fall of the theater industry, but I haven't willingly gone to a movie theater since... No, you hate movie theaters. Like... Since before my child was born, I think. There was you a, went to a Star Wars. There was a Star Wars that came out when I was pregnant, maybe? I think so, yeah. And I went to that one, but that was not 100% willingly. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this has the... It struck me in the same way that Eurovision did, where it was like, this does not feel like a streaming movie. Yeah. This feels like someone meant to make it. Yeah. And this is, this was, like, overall the most enjoyable Christmas movie I've watched this year. Hmm. Could that be because it's not really about Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> and because it had Dan Levy in it. Yes, that's always a win. Which, like, the lesson of this movie, the takeaway is that I just want Dan Levy in every Christmas movie and everything. Yeah, the when Dan Levy, like, comes into the movie for real, that's when the whole film, like, took a turn for me and I started enjoying it more. Yeah. Which also happens to coincide with, like, the climax, but whatever. <laughs> it was, really had a lot more to do with Dan Levy. <laughs> Kirstie learns how narrative works live. <laughs> oh, wait, all of those stakes that have been building the whole time come to a resolution? Yikes. What a weird idea. All right, writers should I, come up with this shit? Should I recap this guy? Yeah, tell me about it. If I remember correctly. Um, so this is about a couple who... Basically, they're like, one is going to go home for Christmas, and then 
her girlfriend's going to be alone for Christmas. And so she says, like, come home with me, like, spend the Christmas with my family. Who she, like, either hasn't met or hasn't... I don't think she hasn't met them at all, right? She hadn't met them, no. Okay. And so then once they're, like, on the way to the parents' house, they have, like, a conversation in the car about how she never came out to her parents like she said she was going to and never told them that she has a girlfriend. So she has to pretend like she's her friend. Who's they an have orphan. to pretend to be straight all weekend, yeah. and yeah, she's she's she was like, "Isn't it weird that you're bringing home your roommate for Christmas?" And she was like, "No, I just told them your parents died." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's a bad position, and it's awkward. And so then we meet the family, and there's the parents are both like super conservative, like wanting to put on a good show for everyone about their tight-knit family because the dad's a politician. And yeah, it's like there's... Abby is, like, pissed off about it, and then they walk through the door, and you're immediately like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's two sisters. One of them is, like, aloof. And, and... her name is Sloane. Yeah. And then the other one is... um. She was, like, was a lawyer and then decided to be a stay-at-home mom who makes gift baskets, and so she's, like, been... <laughs> oh, no, that's the one that's Sloan. I thought that's oh. who you were referring to when you said there's one that's aloof. No, the one that's aloof is the one that's, like, underappreciated and yeah. aloof at the same time. Sure. Yeah, so basically there's other siblings, and there's drama and disappointment with all of them from the parents' perspective. And then... Basically, there's, like, a whole couple days of, like, Christmas-related activities and, like, being in your hometown for Christmas and, like, (laughs) seeing your friends, blah, 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 and, like, hijinks about pretending to be straight. And Aubrey Plaza's there, and she's great. And she... She's, like, the... One of the main characters, like, high school girlfriends. Yep. And so she, like, sheds light on the previous <laughs> similar situation that had occurred. And then the other... What are their names? Harper and... Harper and Abby. So Harper Abby, is the daughter you. of the conservatives. And Abby is the orphaned one. The orphan. <laughs> <laughs> the orphan. The orphan. And so Abby is, like, all understandably bent out of shape because all yep. these horrible things keep happening. And Harper just keeps brushing it off and being like, no, no, it's okay. Like, let's just keep playing along. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And so then Riley has to... Who's Aubrey Plaza's character has to keep, like, popping up to be like hey, it's, like, not all fine, and let me tell you what went down, and you'll understand more about her as a person and why you're in the situation. Yeah. And Dan Um, Levy is, like, the fun sidekick. He's the best. He's just, like, there, and he's just happy to be there. Yeah. And he, like, shows up to be like, I'm extracting you. My favorite part is that he shows up to do this, like, heroic friend thing. You spend the whole, like beginning of the film thinking he's like a bad friend and then he rolls up to do like the most heroic friend gesture Mm -hmm. which like films in general don't talk enough about grand romantic gestures among friends but that's a trope we should spend more time with (laughs) wow Um, Kirstie's gonna get in her feels (laughs) I've never had feelings about friendship okay never in your life never once um So he shows up, and then my favorite part is that then he's just, like, there for the rest of the movie. Uh (laughs) And the family just, like, accepts that he's there. Like, okay, this is fine. Over the credits, there's this, like, photo reel of of the mom's Instagram account Mm -hmm. where they're at different events and having different dinners and stuff. And Dan Levy is just in all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So you're now okay with like your daughter having a girlfriend and also her the girlfriend's weird friend is cool too. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I mean I did warn my husband when I got married that that's sort of how the friendship situation (laughs) was gonna work. So (laughs) fair enough. 
<laughs> it's not unprecedented, but no. it is just funny. It's not unpre- unprecedented. <laughs> it's not unprecedented. Core core. Tuning in from Core Core in these unpres times, yo. <laughs> Um, so then they like, there's many hijinks and shenanigans and the family has a big fight and the daughter gets outed Yeah, and the family has this like huge emotional awakening and the dad like changes his whole political plan so that he doesn't have to like throw his gay daughter under the bus Yeah, and they all live happily ever after. Yes. So, like, the Twitter drama or commentary. It felt like a drama for, like, a while in the middle there. I think a lot of people felt betrayed by this movie, and I don't think that's wrong. Okay, so tell me about this, because I think... I think I was kind of in this film's pocket. Like, I think the story did on me what it was supposed to do. I... I don't disagree. Okay. But I didn't disagree with the Twitter commentary either. That They're basically saying that, like, Harper is a bad girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And just, like, despite her having, like, a, a, obviously a complicated situation, that, like, she's not a good option at that moment for Abby. And that, like there wasn't a lot of reasons to root for that relationship at the end of the day. Except Whereas, that- like, you have Aubrey Plaza, on the other hand, being a better alternative, basically. Okay, but, like, Have we- they not presented that option? I don't know. <laughs> but Aubrey Plaza is not presented as a potential love interest. She is presented as, like, the most two-dimensional character imaginable in general narration. Like, we don't know anything about her other than the fact that she dated Harper and got outed in high school and is fine now by all accounts. But everyone on Twitter was obsessed with her but because like, she had great outfits. She was, like, only fine. Like, it was not Aubrey Plaza's most shining role. Like, she did her job as a tertiary character, and that was mm-hmm. fine. But, like, there was nothing about her chemistry with Abby that made me be like, oh, yeah, Abby should totally dump her girlfriend, who she was about to propose to, to explore a casual fling with this rando. I would have been open to that narrative, though. See, I, like, I I saw one tweet that was, like, um, something along the lines of... You know, why would Abby throw away a few hard days with the person she intends to spend the rest of her life with? And that's sort of where I fall on the whole thing. Like, fair. Because once Harper's family accepts her and she gets to live as her authentic self, they all seem happy. Yeah. It's very much like a happily ever after. So there's no indication that Harper is a bad person at her core or like an evil person. Yeah. It's just that she was in, like, a really... I mean, Dan Levy gives a whole speech about this. No, I know. She's in, like, a really difficult situation. And when you think that your love is conditional in your life, you make bad choices. Mm-hmm. So I did like I'm that they made this them. movie messy. Oh, messy as hell. Yeah. Like, there was... I thought they were going to do a really easy, yucky coming out moment in that like big I don't know what we call I don't know what we're gonna call that. It wasn't a conflict. <laughs> that bi- there was like a big like culmination of events basically. Oh, the hijinks led- scene. Yeah, that led to her being outed basically. And yep. I thought it was like if Hallmark was making this, yes. that would have been their like grand rom- romantic gesture and it would yeah. have been uncomfortable. Not that this wasn't, but this felt more right. This, like, hit me in the feels. Because there's so I'm, much. I'm, like, surprised by that. I was surprised by it, too. 
But there was just like a lot of human pain behind all of it. <laughs> and they did the sneaky thing where you don't think that the film is forcing feelings on you and that it's like, boom, you've secretly been invested in these characters the whole time. <laughs> also, Dan Levy is here and he always toys with your emotions. Yeah, no, that's fair. Who knows? God, he's a magician. I love him so much. He but can then, make everything perfect. But then, like, the mom goes into the dad and, like, gives this whole speech, and it's, like, such a moment of reckoning, and it's just, like, all of these people are in so much pain, and they have a chance to actually, like, fix it. And then seemingly they do. A little neatly. My The story I imagine in the back of my brain is that it's, like, they... You know, the mom, like, goes to gay pride parades, and it's great, but they're probably still making problematic comments on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I wasn't about to give the dad the credit they wanted me to give him for, like, choosing to not, whatever he had to do with his career to give up. He had to, like, not get the support of this, like, donor, but then, because she wanted the daughter to, like, essentially stay closeted throughout Mm -hmm. the campaign. Right. He was like, no... And then he won the campaign anyway. Yeah. Uh, because of pride or something. I mean, I my take on it is not that these people are suddenly, like, woke AF. Yeah. But that they at least get to a point where they can all, like, be civil and, like, loving towards each other. Yeah. I mean, in general, I thought this was a good movie. And it's, like, I think, unfortunately, like, it falls under the trap that other podcasts and people talk about all the time of, like, when there's only one movie to represent an entire group of people, then it has to take on a lot more weight than it deserves. Like, if this was Hallmark, it wouldn't even, you know. I feel like we could use more lesbian movies. Yeah. I I mean, Christmas, it's interesting, like... Because we've watched, like, the Hallmarks take on the gays. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've watched this, and, like, Christmas movies have so many, like, tropes that tie them together that it's, like, interesting to see, like, new angles, but still, like, the same things yeah. over and over. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, because ultimately the whole thing in a lot of holiday narratives is, like, gee, being with your family during this time of heightened emotion is kind of a lot, isn't it? Yeah. People have a lot of expectations at this time of year. What's that like in your specific form of family dysfunction? <laughs> right. So there is room for that. Yeah. For, like, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, a good template of how to do it and, like, get a little messy and it be mostly okay. This was, like, narratively way more compelling than any other Christmas movie yes, I've seen. for sure. <laughs> like, this could be a rom-com outside of Christmas and it yes. would still be a movie to watch. Like, but it's, it's only because the Christmas is, like, incidental yeah. to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, matters. That's, like, the amount of Christmas I'm asking for. Yeah. Like, Christmas is not a thing in and of itself. Christmas is what you make it. Mm-hmm. And that should be the guiding principle of Christmas movies. Yeah. I was reminded that I can never shake, like, the Kristen Stewart of it all. (laughs) I actually thought she was, like, mostly decent, other than the fact that she just kind of, like, moped. Even it, which, like, makes sense, because her character was miserable the whole time. But she moped at times when maybe she shouldn't be moping, also. That's, like, what she does. I'm, like, very worried about Kristen Stewart taking on Princess Diana. I am concerned. Princess Diana's a mope too though i just she kristen stewart has a way about her yes and i don't think she's ever figured out how to get rid of it all the way to be someone else that's true yes she is always herself in every role she takes on yeah that's fair but if you liked um what's her name mackenzie davis is that harper the other one yeah um, you should watch Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> oh, that's her! This is a subtle plug. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm never going to watch it, but that is her. I want you to watch it I know it you so do. Bad. I don't know if I can get there. It's a four-season arc about female friendship over time. No, but the first season, the, like, three episodes I watched were so hard. You watched one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was hard. But <laughs> there's a real payoff, but I understand. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what unemployment brings. Yeah, right. People do a lot of unthinkable things when they're unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> takeaway i want from this christmas hate watch season is give me dan levy yeah dan levy should do more things which i know he will because he's gotten several high profile contracts recently yes which is great because he's magical i want him to be like my fairy godmother i always think about him being the best bake-off host i've maybe Mm, ever seen he would be good at that He's so good at it. Yeah, he's got the right vibe. Yes. He's just, like, so wholesome. Like, how can you be so wholesome and so cynical all in one, <laughs> like, happy, optimistic, like, little package? I don't know. Like, he's it's a little delightful. dead inside, and also I want to hug him, and also he makes me feel things. So many things. And that's kind of the ideal combination of person. Mm-hmm. Are you about to marry Dan Levy? I'm going to marry Dan Levy. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be my holiday. Wow. 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 I thought I was your holiday. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) I can't very well bring you to parties. No. (laughs) You can bring Dan Levy? I'd violate Quarkor for Dan Levy. Wow. But not, like, in a sexual way, just, like, in a friendship way. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear that that sounded in like... core core sexual? No. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's all happening. Yes. So, holiday, bad. Happiest season, good? Good enough, for sure. Good enough. Eurovision and, like, Christmas movie. Yeah. That's the... Shining light. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I may watch the Husavik cut of Eurovision before I go to bed. I mean, I came into this recording with Husavik energy. And yeah, you sure did. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Um, well, if you have thoughts about Eurovision or Pierce Brosnan's career path or holidays and or Kristen Stewart being Kristen Stewart. You can tweet to us at HateWatchWithUs. You can send us an email to HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can go to HateWatchWithUs.com and click the contact button and send us communications that way. Or you can do our favorite method, which is a review on Apple Podcasts that has five stars attached to it only, please. Uh, send us a five-star review with your reasons why Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will accept where the whales can live because they're gentle creatures. Gentle people. It's gentle people. No, they're creatures. It's de- they, she definitely says people in the lyrics. We'll we'll have to do some I, fact no, checking. No, I watch with the um, subtitles on. <laughs> Whales are gentle people. That's what the line is, and that's why it's so bonkers. Angels can fly because angels can fly because they take themselves lightly, <laughs> and the whales can live because they're gentle people. Wow! 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 wow. Yeah. Okay. Because, see, part of why I know that, too, is my original debate was, are the gentle people the whales, or are the gentle people the people of Husevik? Oh, oh boy. 
someone get Kirstie off this ride. Um, we are also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts that talks about many other things. They probably will not work this hard to sell you on Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, because they focus on other properties. So if you need a break from that, you can find them over at ThoughtBubbleFM on Twitter, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, or ThoughtBubbleAudio at gmail.com. Or if you're just really into our bullshit, you can find ThoughtBubbleAudio on Patreon by using the search feature. (laughs) And you can set up a recurring donation so that you can pay for our hosting. Also, stay tuned for our ThoughtBubbleAudio holiday special coming Yeah, if you enjoy our bullshit. There will be a Mobile Audio Christmas special, which should be in your feeds before too long. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's all. That's all. That's Thanks all. for listening. We'll see you next time with more Christmas. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Bye.